Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. Today is September 27th, 2021, and our first story. The UK is preparing to deploy military to drive trucks amid a gas and labor shortage. And don't think it's only happening overseas. We're seeing very similar things here where the National Guard was recently deployed to drive school buses. The shortages, as reported by Bloomberg, are getting worse. In our next story, police are resigning en masse across the country over vaccine mandates, which spells disaster for local communities. And in our last story, mainstream media advocating sabotage, propping up climate change extremists who call for blowing up pipelines. The media is protecting left-wing extremism while telling you to only pay attention to the right. Now, if you like this show, give us a good review. Give us five stars. Tell your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Well, I'm sure many of you are aware of the shortages here in the United States, from food to fuel, labor, truckers. It's also affecting many other countries, and it's getting pretty bad. We can take a look over at the UK to see what might happen here if we don't get a hold of things, or at the very least, I can say it doesn't seem like the current administration will get a handle on the crisis. The economy will get worse. Inflation may continue to grow. We're seeing many major corporations saying inflation will get worse. I went shopping the other day and the cost of food was surprising to me because I remember a year ago how much we spent to where, how much we're spending now. And I'm looking at the receipt like, what did we get wrong? Why is, the, why is this so expensive? Well, it's obvious. I know why. You know why. Namely, trucker shortages. But many other supplies were disrupted when they shut down the economy and they're not recovering. When you don't make stuff, you get no stuff. And if there's no stuff, there's no stuff to make to support that stuff. You can't just stop the economy. In the UK, the gas shortage has gotten so bad that the United Kingdom has prepared to deploy the army to deal with the crisis. And I don't know exactly what the army would do in that capacity to make sure that people can get enough gas to continue to work. But we've seen these photos coming out of the UK where there are just lines out of these gas stations. And what are they saying in the press? They're saying there's no shortages. It's, it's, it's a panic buying thing. Oh, they're just panic buying and everything's fine. They told us the same thing when we had a fuel shortage, and I'm not sure I completely believe it. Look, the government doesn't tell the truth all that often. They often do, but you also need to realize that people in government don't want panic. So they're going to tell you everything's fine. Look, it's a hiccup. Don't worry about it. Otherwise, people freak out and they do panic buy. Now, panic buying does cause short term shortages. But I think what we're seeing across the board is something else. Apparently, FedEx 
has such a massive shortage of drivers. They've rerouted hundreds of thousands of packages. People are wondering why their packages aren't getting delivered. I've experienced this. Have you? I tweeted about it. I said, hey, we ordered stuff. It never came. They claimed it came. It didn't. And it seems unusual. Now, I can't speak for the UK, but many news outlets are now coming out with warnings about the supply chain and inflation and where the economy is going. So when you turn on your your sporting event on the cable sports channel you watch and you hear them chanting F Joe Biden, which apparently they've been doing with increasing frequency, you're not going to you're not going to be surprised why. Look, I don't think the general public blames anybody for COVID. They blame COVID for COVID, and they certainly blame some politicians for their responses. Maybe Joe Biden, maybe Trump in some capacities, but under Donald Trump up to 2019, the economy <clears throat> was doing amazing. And now under Joe Biden, for a lot of reasons, things are just chaos. And it doesn't seem like they're going to get a handle on it anytime soon. So now we can see in the UK one of the most disturbing stories from the Associated Press published by ABC that they're actually preparing to bring in the army. Is that something you want to see? You take a look at what's happening there. You take a look at what's happening in Australia and then just try and predict where this goes. It's been almost two years and we haven't seen this thing come anywhere close to an end. In fact, the, the restrictions have gotten worse. Sure, less people are wearing, wearing masks in certain states. But for the most part, you're still seeing these shortages, these price increases. My local barbecue guy stopped selling beef. No beef. He said it's too expensive. Sorry, can't get it. There was a temporary stop at one point. This shocked me. When he temporarily stopped selling beef, now I go there and they're like, we don't carry brisket anymore. It's just too expensive. Nobody wants to buy it. And I'm like, I do, but yeah, I get it. Nobody wants a $20 brisket sandwich. So what happens when you go to buy milk and it's 10 bucks? This is a downward spiral. If these shortages continue, they will make themselves worse. We are going through a cascade failure in terms of employment. We're seeing stories about people resigning. Why? Because they were understaffed. I work too hard. I work 40 hours a week. And now they're telling me I can't have weekends off. So now I'm going to be working, you know, 60 hours a week. I can't do it. I quit. Well, the reason they were giving you more hours is because other people already quit. The more people who quit, the more people will quit, resulting in a cascade failure of shortages, lack of fuel. I hope you're paying attention for this one. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, and you'll get access to exclusive segments on the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as an advertisement-free experience, which is awesome, and you'll love our fierce and independent journalists, and we need your support. But don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Here's the news. From the AP, UK moles calling an army to help ease gas shortages at pumps. Lines of cars formed at British gas stations for a fourth day on Monday as the government mulled sending in the army to help ease supply disruptions triggered by a shortage of truck drivers. As unions called for emergency workers to be given priority for fuel supplies, Petrol Retailers Association Chairman Brian Matterson said training had been taking place in the background for military personnel to drive tankers. Wow. In Massachusetts, they already brought in the National Guard to drive buses. Now in the UK, you want to you, you imagine this. You sign up to join the army. And you're like, I'm going to serve my country. And they're like, you'll be driving petrol. I'm sure a lot of people prepared to do that being drivers. But did you think you'd be doing domestic transport work? That's interesting. The government said it had no plans at the moment to deploy troops, but was making preparations just in case. Government ministers met Monday to discuss the fuel squeeze. The Petrol Retailers Association, which represents about 5,500 5, independent outlets, 
said Sunday that about two thirds of its members had run out of fuel as the truck driver shortage set off rounds of gas panic buying. Long lines of vehicles have formed at many gas stations around Britain since Friday, causing spillover traffic jams on busy roads. Tempers have frayed as some drivers waited for hours. The conservative government insisted the UK had ample fuel stocks and blamed the problems on consumer behavior. The only reason we don't have petrol on the four counts is that people are buying petrol they don't need. Now, let's be reasonable. We've seen the videos. Remember last time there was a shortage because of drivers and because of the the pipe disruption? Some guy lined his pickup bed in plastic and poured gas into it. One of the stupidest things I've ever seen. And when he starts driving away, it's sloshing and spilling out onto the street. That is reckless. And it is so dumb. One guy was seen in one video. He had a bunch of plastic garbage bags full of gasoline. (laughs) Are you nuts? So people do this. But I'll say this as well. Yeah, I don't trust the government. When they're like, everything's fine. We got tons of gas. I'm like, yeah, I don't believe you. They say, we would encourage people to buy fuel as they normally, as they usually would. But critics urge the government to get fuel flowing so the shortage does not have damaging spillover effects on healthcare, police operations, and other crucial sectors. Dr. Chan Nagpal at the British Medical Association said healthcare workers and other essential services staff should be given priority access to fuel so they can continue their crucial work and guarantee care to patients. Christina McAnea, General Secretary to the Unison Trade Union, urged the government to use emergency powers to designate gas stations for key workers. Ambulance crews, nurses, care workers, teaching assistants, police staff, and other key workers mustn't be left stranded or forced to queue for hours simply to get a pump. The haulage industry says the UK is short as many as 100,000 truckers due to a perfect storm of factors, including the coronavirus pandemic, an aging workforce, and an exodus of foreign workers following Britain's departure from the EU last year. Post-Brexit immigration rules mean EU citizens can no longer live and work visa-free in Britain, and they could when the UK was a member of the bloc. This is what we're going to see. They're going to blame Brexit for this when this is clearly affecting other places as well. Brexit is, is it's pointless to bring up here in the U.S. We're facing similar shortages and we don't have a problem with Brexit. We weren't in Brexit, but there's always going to be a political scapegoat. But now I want you to consider this an aging workforce. That's interesting. How many young people do you know want to be truck drivers? Yeah, it's not seen as a, you know, you a job for the youth and millennials don't want to do it. I think we have veered our culture so far off the course, we may not be able to turn back. Certainly, there are many truckers. Many of them are young. But if people view being a trucker as a middle-aged profession and they don't want to do it, or they don't think it's worth it and they don't want to drive, that's it. No one does. And truckers are the red blood cells of any country. You zoom out on a satellite image, and what do you see of, of, of the United States? You see all these roads going into big cities. And you see all the trucks transporting goods around the city, just like the red blood cell carrying the oxygen to other parts of the body. We need those trucks to bring in essential goods. Now, I'm not sitting here saying we need trucks to bring in, you know, toy cars or Barbie dolls. Nah, but, you know, grains and meat would be good. Fuel would be good. It's a cascade failure across the board. They stopped the economy dead in its tracks. It is not picking back up in the way they said it would. Now, we saw it pick up in some areas. But what do we get in our jobs numbers this past month? What is it like 10 million job openings? 300 and some odd thousand took jobs. Why is it that there's a worker shortage and so much unemployment? Oh, 
we can take a look. Now, we can see this. Bloomberg says the return of empty shelves and panic buying. Supply chain issues are leaving supermarket shelves empty. Shoppers might yet make things worse. The world is still short of everything. Get used to it. You're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down. Tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash Carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash Carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Carlson. That's carshield.com slash Carlson. Visit now. Now, hold on there a minute. I thought we were going to come back. I thought we were going to see a recovery from this. My friends, it's getting worse. Now, of course, we can see it in the UK. Empty shelves, gasoline shortages, sky high energy prices. Britain is facing a difficult winter, as I just showed you with Bloomberg here in the U.S. as well. The New York Times says it ain't going to change. There's not going to be a, it's not going to come back. Pandemic related product shortages from computer chips to construction materials were supposed to be resolved by now. Instead, the world has gained a lesson in the ripple effects of disruption. They write, like most people in the developed world, Kirsten Jezdal has long taken for granted her ability to order whatever she needed and then watch the goods arrive without any thought about the factories, container ships, or trucks involved in delivery. Not anymore. At her kitchen supply store in Brookings SD, South Dakota, Miss Jezdal has given up stocking placemats, having wearied uh, of telling customers that she can only guess when that more will come. She recently received a pot lid she had purchased eight months earlier. She has grown accustomed to paying surcharges to cover the soaring shipping costs of the goods she buys. She has already placed orders for Christmas items like wreaths and baking pans. It's nuts. It's definitely not getting back to normal. Heed the words of Miss Jezdal, probably pronouncing her name wrong. It's not getting back to normal. FedEx, rerouting more than 600,000 packages per day because of labor shortages. And they predict similar levels of headwinds in second quarter. They say FedEx chief operating officer Raj Subramaniam said during an earnings call this week that there have been widespread inefficiencies in its operations due to constrained labor markets, which have ultimately forced the company to divert packages. There are more than 600,000 packages a day being rerouted across the entire FedEx ground network, according to Subramaniam. My question is this. How are we seeing all of this, these labor shortages, when people need jobs? The unemployment benefits are over. Where are the workers at? I asked a friend of mine. I said, where is everybody? You know, you drive through New York and you see barren streets. Where'd they go? And I was told they're just in, in their houses. I think I asked Jack Murphy this on the Tim Cassarrow podcast as well. And he's like, at home. And I'm like, at home doing what? Just sitting around watching TV? What are they eating? Food shortages. Come on. I don't know. I don't know where they are. Well, maybe we have an answer. From Business Insider, they say, here's why you're having trouble finding work or workers 
during the labor shortage, economists say. Let me tell you guys something. We're doing a lot of construction. We're actually expanding the business substantially. We are look, we're, we're about to finalize a deal on a large plot of land so that we can do you know, events and culture building and create a bigger uh, headquarters to expand and produce more shows. We're doing music on the new mystery show. The graphics look amazing. The music is amazing. I think we got the, the pilot episode, the introduction episode ready to launch, and we may actually launch it this week. I'm hoping so. <clears throat> That's been the target. We've been struggling to find labor. You know, we need people to do construction work, and it's been slowed down by the fact that there are very few people who want to work. I can't tell you why that is. I can speculate. I think Biden's unemployment and benefits have greatly, you know, incentivized people not to work. Things have slowly picked up for us now that the unemployment benefits have ended. All of a sudden, we're seeing more people interested in working. But there is something true in this story that we have record job openings, but for some reason, people aren't filling them. I'm not going to take their word for it, but here's what Business Insider has to say. Anecdotes about labor shortage have been popping up for months amidst, amidst America's slow recovery. But enhanced unemployment has expired and it hasn't helped end the labor crunch. Need I tell you I was right when conservatives were saying with the end of the unemployment, we're going to see people get back to work. And I said, no, you're not. You're not going to see that because people built routines around doing nothing. They'll simply try to find food by other other means. They write for Business Insider. America is tired of labor shortages. September was supposed to be the silver bullet month when the end of enhanced unemployment benefits coincided with schools and other child care services reopening and vaccination rates facilitating a return to the office. But if you're not back at work, you're far from the only one. Let me point out, the CDC did a survey and found 80% of people have some COVID immunity. Where's the return to work? Unemployment benefits ended. Where's the return to work, my friends? You cannot just stop the economy and think people will return. New routines were made. Attitudes shifted. Many people don't want to work, and they're content with having very little. Sounds like a great reset in global capitalism, as it were. They say, that's because the reality of September could perhaps be summarized in two words. Womp womp. There's another two words nearly as fearsome. The month told a Delta story, according to Jesse Wheeler, an economic analyst at Morning Consult. Quote, we're still expecting this improvement in jobs and continued economic recovery in the future, but it's basically just on hold. So if you haven't returned to work yet or are mulling whether a return to work is the right move right now, you're not alone. In a note released this week, JP Morgan found that just half of the people who lost jobs during COVID are going back to work. Why? I love working. I work nonstop. And I've been working more than ever this weekend. We're doing work. We're, we're doing meetings. It's just endless. I got to do I got to consult on music production and podcast production and new shows we're doing. It is amazing. We're, we just hired a new person. Awesome stuff. Culture building stuff. We're, we're, we're expanding. And I'm just wondering, where's everybody else? Where are the people who want to be, be who are passionate and want to build? Well, as Bloomberg reports, unemployment benefits winding down didn't compel people back to the workforce, echoing several studies showing no connection. Schools are condemning. I disagree with that, actually. There, there, there has been an uptick, I've noticed, but it's not what people thought. They thought this would all be over and we get things back to normal. There were certainly people who weren't working because they had unemployment. You know, a lot of people who got fired or lost their jobs due to COVID took unemployment and then said, why would I go work at Walmart for less than I'm getting an unemployment? But a lot of people were resigning for other reasons. It's called the great resignation. They say 
Schools are contending with delta waves and temporarily shuttering. Child care is facing its own labor shortage, turning away families who need care. Vaccinations are up, but mass vaccination mandates for businesses only recently became a reality. I don't see evidence the, sh- the slowing of growth had to do with labor shortages. It had to do with Delta. Heidi Sheerholtz, the president of the left-leaning Economic Policy Institute, told Insider. She added, employers really were demanding a lot fewer people in August than they had in the prior month. That is wrong. There are 10 point something million job openings. People aren't taking them. And I'll tell you this, Joe Biden's vaccination mandate is going to result in mass resignations. It is the Biden administration combined with Well, let's be honest, the Trump administration for sure. The shuttering of the economy, Trump was on board initially with the slowdown. I'm not going to blame him for for the bulk of it. That was governors. Joe Biden's now on board with enhanced restrictions. We're already seeing cops resign, EMS resign, nurses resign. There is going to be a mass resignation. We are seeing it. And that's due to vaccine mandates on top of the fact that people change their routines and don't want to work anymore. Insiders spoke to five economists and experts about the current messy state of the labor market and why it makes sense some people haven't returned yet. At the heart of the current labor crunch are major disconnects, what economists call mismatches between what employers want and the people who could fill those roles. Some have moved out of areas where there's need. Others have higher expectations for work. But employers are responsible for another mismatch. They say they're scrambling to find workers, but they're not willing to pay the price labor is demanding right now. Vox's Ronnie Mola and Emily Stewart report. The hiring system is a little bit broken. The current labor market has an incongruity between what job seekers are hearing about the abundance of roles and their actual experiences, according to Vox. It might be a it might be a fourth more subtle mismatch for one. The Wall Street Journal reports that some applicants may be filtered out by the hiring software many employers have, have adopted. If your resume doesn't have an exact keyword, many like, like many workers, or you're trying to switch into a related role, you may not even make it past initial screening. One criterion that employers are filtering by, whether applicants have a college degree that could leave up, leave out the 70 million workers who are stars skilled through alternative routes, according to Papia Dubroy, the senior vice president of insights at Opportunity at Work. According to the Census Bureau, two thirds of American workers don't have a bachelor's degree, with that percentage coming in higher for black and Hispanic workers. Sounds like institutional racism, I'd say. Dubroy said that stars have been increasingly locked out of middle wage jobs in the past decades. I will tell you right now, that is irrelevant in my opinion. If a company was really needing to hire someone, this makes no sense. They wouldn't be going, we're desperate for employees and can't hire. Make sure you filter out anybody we might want to hire. No, I'll tell you this from where we're standing. There are certain jobs we can't pull from the jobs at Timcast email pool. We've hired a lot of people who have emailed us. We hired one dude who made a video saying, hire me. Actually, we may have hired more than one person that way. So I guess, you know, for those that are trying to work here, that may have worked, but not for everybody. Some people we hired, uh, a lot of people we hire happen to be in the area. If you're trying to get hired and you're not anywhere near us, it's really hard for us to hire. But we have tried to hire certain local skilled labor jobs, construction, ground management, and things like that. Now, we've certainly gotten people say, hey, I'll I'll, I'll transfer, I'll move, I'll do these things. And we're like, that really is not, doesn't make sense for us. There's there's, There's this point where we're like, there are certain jobs are just contract one-off jobs. We can't move someone out here for a job that's like a one-month job. So what we're trying to do is we have contractors and we say, here's the job we want done. And they say, we'll find the people. Only problem is they can't. And so our, our new studios have been in production for twice as long as it should have been. We're, uh, Chicken City has been in production for, tw- for four or five times longer. And it's hard because, you know, Chicken City is a new show we're trying to do. 
We can't prioritize that over our studio and a lot of the other things we need to build to expand the business as much as we want to launch the chicken live cam. The point of Chicken City is going to be 24-7 live streaming chickens doing chicken stuff and then creating interactive audience stuff. This is more of a fun thing we want to do. And we think people will get a kick out of and we're going to make merch for the chickens. And it's just meant to be silly. We're not going to prioritize that over doing a powerful show with political figures and building culture. Although I do think it'll be fun to do. We've been pushing back, pushing back, pushing back. There are two more projects we haven't even started on in terms of the construction we've got to do because we can't find people. And so there are people who are like, we got a construction company based out of here. We'll move in and we'll do it. And I'm like, we've done a little bit of that already. We can't do it for everybody. We, it, it's difficult. It's difficult. Many jobs, most of the jobs we've hired from, we've had to relocate people. And that's kind of normal. The fact is, this has nothing to do, in my opinion, with college degrees, okay? We're a business that needs to find people. We are not saying you need a college degree to do skilled labor work. We're saying, look, man, if you, if we got, we've got the leadership guiding this. We just need, you know, strong, able hands. It's, it's hard to find. People are not working. I don't know where they are. Now, as I stated, anecdotally, we're starting to see more people come in. We've been able to hire more people and things are starting to move faster. Maybe that's due to the unemployment thing. I don't know. They're going to say there's still a pandemic to consider. Now, I'll push back on this a little bit, but agree in a little bit. I think that Joe Biden vaccine mandate striking the market hard, causing problems, inflation and shortages, 100 percent. You're going to see mass resignations. There's already lawsuits from tons of different businesses. The Republican states are suing. It's a mess. There are many people who are scared to work. For me, I don't see it, but it's true. In blue areas, a lot of people are like, I'm not going there unless you do X, Y, or Z, and they're panicking. They don't want to come back. So that's something to consider. Plus, people are getting sick. As much as there's a lot of people who want to exaggerate what's going on, a lot of people who want to downplay what's going on, people are getting sick, and it is a consideration. So that, that's, that, that, for the most part, that's their assessment. But we are seeing warning signs that I think you should pay attention to. Costco, Nike, and FedEx are warning there's more inflation set to hit consumers as holidays approach. A slew of factors, including rising shipping costs and supply chain bottlenecks, are persisting and should last through the upcoming holiday season. One issue is the cost to ship containers overseas has soared in recent months. Many companies have indicated that consumers, at least for now, are willing to take on higher prices. Rising inflation expectations could cause the Federal Reserve to change course. We've got all these shortages nationwide. We've got food. We've got these things. And I think you should prepare for it. Now, I don't know what you should do. I'm not going to give financial advice. I can only tell you this. Last November, Bitcoin was sitting at around $13,000 per coin. You don't need $13,000 to buy a Bitcoin. You can buy it in any fraction you want. So I'm talking to my friends and I said, seems like things are going to get bad in the coming year with shortages. Ah, I know I'll buy some Bitcoin. And I did. And within a handful of months, you know, five or six months, 60,000 per Bitcoin, rising almost the same cost as lumber. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. 
Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. That I thought was interesting. Lumber was up six or seven times. And so I've been saying for some time that we are going to see supply chain disruption, food shortages, and inflation. What's interesting is that several months ago, I did segments saying, guys, look at these stories from local news outlets, Chinese food restaurant shortage of supplies, KFC shortage of supplies. I'm like, why aren't we seeing a national level conversation about this? Well, there could be a couple of reasons. These news outlets are businesses and they think no one's going to care. So why talk about it? Or they might say, we don't want to cause a panic. If we come out and say the food shortages will get worse, inflation will hit and you're in trouble, people will panic by and make things worse. I don't base my coverage off of that. I think if there's a story that's pertinent to you, I'll just say it. And well, there's a difficulty there. I don't want people to panic by. It'll make things worse. But I also think I shouldn't withhold information based on a fear of what someone might do with the information. I think you guys should be getting ready for the fact that these disruptions are going to get worse. There is a story about something like, you know, dozens of shipping containers, uh, shipping vessels, cargo ships blocked at a California port, unable to get in. It's just backed up because people aren't working. If you don't make stuff, there's no stuff. Now, you may look at all this and say, Tim, I don't know. It's, It's a hiccup. Sure, but we're slowly recovering. Uh-huh. Maybe the case. I, 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 I genuinely mean that. I look at all this stuff and I'm like, man, things are looking bad. The UK wants to deploy the army to drive trucks, get out with truck drivers. How long until the US deploys the National Guard to start, to start driving fuel trucks? Hey, they're saying we're not planning for it, but we're preparing for it. What, the, what does that mean? That's what they literally said. We have no plans right now to send in the military to drive trucks, but we're preparing for it. Sounds like you are planning for it. You see how they play these games? Well, coming up, we've got something that we could see causing a severe disruption from the Daily Mail. Republicans plan to block bill that would fund government and avoid U.S. defaulting on its debts as they seek to tie Biden's vast spending plans to borrowing. Now, we need to pass this bill to fund the government. If we don't, we'll default. And my understanding is that hasn't happened before could create a ripple effect destroying the economy and for a variety of reasons. If the, if the United States isn't paying its debts, its bonds become worthless and then people stop investing in the government, just struggles to pay its bills. It's just a cascade failure. However, I mean, all the U.S. government does is basically say, OK, we can borrow more and they borrow more. And so long as they borrow more people, it's a Ponzi scheme in the long run. But I'll tell you this, the Republicans may be willing to nuke everything to blame Biden for it. I'm not convinced that'll happen. Most people think the Republicans are just using this as leverage. And the very last minute, we'll be like, OK, fine, you win. And then, you know, sign on to the bill. Or the Republicans might be saying, we're a year out from uh, the midterm elections. Perhaps we should uh, let things sour a little bit. And that way, come next November, we can say, look how bad things were. Who was in charge? Why, the Democrats had the majority. They had the Senate. They had the executive branch. How could they block it? A filibuster? Maybe. I don't think they can filibuster the, 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 the budget bill, but they are planning to block it. They say, 
While both sides agree on the 28.4 trillion limit on borrowing must be raised, which is insane if you think about it. Jeez. They say, uh, stop paying military, per- shut down the government, you know, suspend uh, Social Security. They are deadlocked over who should act. The result is, is increasingly dire warnings of financial catastrophe and recession that could cost us 6 million jobs. The first deadline on a high stakes week, President Biden's vast spending plans on the line comes on Monday evening. Hope you're ready. Republicans have made clear they will not back a bill to fund the U.S. government through December 3rd and suspend the nation's borrowing limit until the end of next year. This could not be simpler. What that basically means, though, keep in mind, is the government will just keep borrowing because it's suspended. This could not be simpler, said said Mitch McConnell. If they want to tax, borrow and spend historic sums of money without our input, they'll have to raise the debt limit without our help. This is the reality. I've been saying this very clearly since July. Instead, McConnell is urging Democrats to include their increase with their partisan, partisan multi-trillion dollar tax and spending plan that President Biden and Nancy Pelosi hope to steer through Congress with only Democratic votes. They cannot put partisan ambitions ahead of basic duties. The party line authors on this reckless taxing and spending spree will be the party line owners of raising the debt limit. Adding to the debt ceiling, adding the debt ceiling to the package would help highlight the price tag, which Republicans say may end up as much as 4.3 trillion and distract from popular elements such as paid family leave, say insiders. The price tag and then and then the tax heights hikes will have to go along with with that are with what are going to be a core argument for Republicans next year in the midterms. Okay, you know, when there's typos, it's hard to read. Let me just stress this. What they're telling us is either they raise the debt ceiling, spend more money, and then we get more inflation and your savings gets decimated, or they don't do it and then we default and then the U.S. struggles to pay its debts and then inflation happens and then, you know, there's an economic crisis. So um, I suppose the lesser of the two crises would be uh, raising the debt ceiling. I'm not an economist. I'm just a dude reading all these stories. I can't tell you exactly what will happen or what you should do. The truth is, there's a lot of things happening that we can't track. Even these economists, they all say something different. Like we saw in the beginning, they say, oh, it's the pandemic causing all of this. And I'm like, how do you explain truck drivers? Are they really worried about the pandemic? I don't see it. I think we're in trouble. I think people took for granted for too long how this economy worked. I think people took for granted for too long the, the, the price they were willing to pay for a job. And now you've got people who just, they don't care anymore. It's almost like we reached that boiling point and then people just snapped and said, you know what? I don't care. I'd rather live in a van down by the river than work for 15 bucks an hour. Because I'll tell you this, I've always been there. You know, I worked these jobs when I was younger, but I got to a point where I was like, I don't know, I'm content just like not doing them. I'll do a different job, something that makes, makes me feel better, is more fulfilling. That was a revelation I had at a young age. Maybe COVID made people realize I was wasting my time working these garbage jobs and you got to pay me more. You know what that means? When the left says, why don't you pay 30 bucks an hour if you want someone to flip burgers? Okay, then be prepared for expensive burgers. The left likes to point to Denmark and say they pay $20 an hour and their burgers aren't expensive. And I'm like, yo, you've never been to these places. I was in Bergen, Norway, eating a $40 uh, deep fried cod fillet. Don't play these games and think they pay $22 an hour equivalent. Their burgers aren't expensive. Yes, they are. Don't you, you cherry pick data about a burger joint. I walk the streets of Bergen, Norway for, ver- for, for, for many reasons. Food is more expensive. But what I was told by the people there when I walk up to a street vendor and said, fish and chips, please. And he grabbed a styrofoam plate, 
put a deep fried, you know, fish fillet on it with some fries and said 50 US dollars. I went, what? For, for that's 10 times what I spend somewhere else on street fish. What did they say? Well, it's true. Importing this stuff is expensive. The government heavily taxes and heavily subsidizes. So for them, they were like, yeah, but we don't mind the high prices because we get paid well. You see how it works? It's good for them because American tourists are flooding money into the zone. But in Denmark, just because one fast food restaurant has cheap food because it's fast food and they pay more money, you need to understand how that profit motive works. If it's a $5 burger and they're paying 22 bucks an hour, their profit margins probably, you know, less than America, where we're paying 15 bucks an hour at a lot of fast food places for a $7 burger. But they're making money. They're paying taxes. You got to understand that regardless of what happens in other countries, America is a different country. We have different norms and different systems and different taxes. So yes, you raise the cost of labor, you raise the cost of goods. That will happen. What can we expect then? Sounds to me like economic crisis, shortages, inflation. And I don't know if we're climbing out of the hole or just spiraling out of control. But it seems to have gotten worse. It's, it seems to be getting worse. I'd like to imagine it's getting better. In some areas it is. But I'll put it this way. My personal feeling outside of the news is that over the past several months, there have been some improvements. Still, it seems to be slowly going down with like a little up bump and down a little up bump. It feels like things are going to get worse as time goes on. There are some things that give me hope. You know, I've gone out and I've seen more people working but I'm still seeing job fairs. I'm still seeing, you know, hiring bonuses. I'm still hearing about the labor shortages. And I would say it feels stagnant. Not that we're in collapse, but that it's going down a little bit, but we're resisting. It doesn't feel like an improvement at all. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. There's a video going viral out of Australia showing several police officers arresting a man for no reason. Apparently, he had no business being a few hundred meters from his own home. Apparently, he had gone out for lunch, sat down, took off his mask to have a cigarette, and the police came in, threw him to the ground, cuffed him and arrested him, calling him a perpetrator. A woman who's holding up some kind of sandwich, I don't know, is filming saying, that's my mate. We just came out to get lunch. And they're like, no, he has no business being here. And he wasn't wearing a mask. And she was like, he was having a cigarette. And he's with me and I'm eating food. Doesn't matter. Australia is a full on fascistic police state. And a special shout out to our good friends over at Quillette for defending the state. Smack talking me because I called them out and criticized their government. Actually, I never even said anything about them. Quillette wants to defend the state. This is Claire Lehman. They used to be intellectual dark web, challenging authoritarianism, claiming they stand up for free thought when in actuality they defend the police state, cracking down, putting the boot on people's necks, and they defend the camps that are being built in Australia with relocatable cabins for those suspected of having COVID. But don't worry, they say no one, no one's being brought there. I'm not even kidding. Some this guy actually, I don't remember the guy's name, actually tweeted, no one's being brought to these. What do you mean? There's videos of people at the camps. There's videos of people being taken from their homes for hotel quarantine. We'll see if it gets to the point where they start bringing people into these camps. But I got to say, probably. Now, my friends, to the United States, 
Massachusetts police union says dozens of state troopers have quit over Governor Charlie Baker's COVID vaccine mandate. You see, the reason why I intro this segment talking about what's going on in Australia is because we can see two things happening here. I don't know for the Australian police, but in the U.S., it seems there are many officers who are resigning rather than enforce this garbage. There are many cops still on uh, with their departments in places like New York that are refusing to enforce this garbage. The other thing you need to realize, when these officers resign, the officers that remain will be just like the ones in Australia. Ma'am, ma'am, you have no reason to be outside your home, so I'm going to beat you with this billy club and then arrest you. And that's where we're heading because the good cops are quitting. We got this story from out of Massachusetts, but wait, there's more. They want to they want to vax mandate on these guys over in Los Angeles. These officers are suing over the vaccine mandate as police across California threaten to resign. We got this one. Three state troopers in Vermont resign after accusations they faked COVID vaccination cards. Vermont state police say the ex-troopers are under investigation by the FBI. State police Colonel Matthew Birmingham said the allegations were reprehensible. No, I think your crackpot authoritarianism is reprehensible. Hey, we got more. Veteran police officer resigns over vaccine mandate in chronically understaffed department. San Jose reserve officer resigns over COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Here's this one. Entire police department resigns in Missouri. Well, that's a start. Look, I've been saying abolish the police for some time, but let me explain exactly why. I mean, some of you may not understand, but I'll make it simple. I think police departments are typically good things. I think they come with a lot of bad things, but they're a net positive, right? Not a fan of how these systems operate. But to be fair, I, I, I should say this. I should clarify. I'm not a fan of the problems we face with departments and issues of accountability, but I've been to other countries, overwhelmingly net positive. Individual officers tend to be good people and it's a crummy job, but it's, it's, it's a crummy job. That's, that's, that's the best way I can put it. Now, I would say this. In a normal circumstance, I think police departments, sheriff's department, it's all great. They're, they're good things. We, they, we have public accountability. We have protest. You can challenge these systems. Private security, not so much. But what happens when the only cops who resign are the good cops? Well, then all those bad apples you've been crying about on the left, you're going to get a big old bowl of bad rotten apples. Ain't nothing you can do about it anymore. That's the problem. So if that's my choice, I'm watching the cops of principle resign, quite literally saying you cannot force the mandate on us and we will quit if need be. Okay, then what are my options? No good cops, just bad cops or no cops at all. Hey, it's a pretty simple choice, right? This is what I've been saying to conservatives. If you keep saying just blindly defend the police, well, they're going to put the boot on your neck. I mean, the good cops will resign. Same is true for the military. People are saying like, oh, people in the military will never, you know, uh, will never strike an American citizen. They'll never, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't want the right words. I don't want to say shoot. But I mean, like we've had these conversations in the Tim Cast IRL podcast where people chat like you don't understand the military, Tim. The, the, the you know, the men and men and women in uniform are not going to ever, you know, take up arms against the American people. I'm like, yes, they will, because the good officers are all resigning. You may see uh, some, uh, 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 
you know, non-officers. I'm not a military guy, so don't, you know, I don't have the lingo. But they'll, they'll maybe either be forced to do it by their legal orders, or they could just be court-martialed for defying these orders. But you need to understand, I'm not talking about some, some su- superior officer going to the military guy and being like, see that woman with her child? Shoot him. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But what if they say, these people are, are infected, quarantine, do not let them out of this quarantine camp. Well, then they're going to be like, okay, especially if all of the good officer, uh, the good, uh, all the officers of moral, uh, uh, good moral standing are resigning. We've seen these stories. You take a look at what happened in, in, uh, at the Capitol. They had all of these National Guard out with these fence up. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know. It's supposed to be a public institution. We're supposed to be allowed to walk into these buildings. Instead, you know, we hear stories from like Jack Posobiec, who works in D.C. And he's like, I got to show my papers now if I want to get to my job. And these National Guardsmen just go along with it. Now, there's still several degrees between that and, you know, shooting American citizens. What happens when you start getting protests? And we will. What happens when regular people say, no, I refuse to show you my papers? Do you think these enlisted guys are going to be like, oh, I'm going to ignore this and let you into a secure zone. No, it's not going to be as as simple as you think. It's not going to be a moment where there's an American citizen saying, I love this country and I believe in it. And, and the, spirit, the commanding officer is going to be like, <laughs> we're in control now. Shoot them or else you'll be court-martialed. No, it's going to be like a big riotous mob of people being like no mandates, no quarantine. And they're going to be like, we don't want to have to be doing this riot control, but these are rioters and they're dangerous and they're armed. What do we do? You got to protect the, the, the facility, the capital, the nation's capital. And then it's going to be reluctance. It's not going to be overt. More importantly, when it comes to these officers resigning, and I've met many of them who are like, I won't do it. I don't want to be in this anymore. You're going to have wokeness and quarantines. And so when I talk about civil war stuff and I say, I think we're in it. It's, it's not, mu- there, there's some kinetic skirmishes happening, meaning like, you know, the dude in Portland who gets shot and killed and things like that, or a proud boy got shot recently. Mostly it's psychological and it's manipulation and financial resources and things like that. But I'll, I'll tell you, my friends, it's not going to be, you know, people just assume everything is going to be like it always was. It was always so simple, but it's going to be something different. The right says the left will never win because the right has the guns. You're wrong. All of the institutions controlled by the left, they are armed to the teeth and armed better than you. Within reason. You see, the military, they've got all the fanciest of the fancy weapons. And a lot of them wouldn't be effective in any kind of urban conflict. You're not going to fire a cruise missile at a city you're trying to occupy. Uh, maybe in Afghanistan where you don't care about the city. Sure, like, you know, Joe Biden just did an airstrike on a family. Um, but you've got these officers and cops resigning. In the event of any kind of true conflict, the establishment, law enforcement, and militaristic institutions are slowly being dominated by wokeness, complacency, or outright support for the left, the leftist ideas. And so there may be many more right-wingers armed to the teeth. Okay, I understand that. You're not going to go up against, or I shouldn't say, you, you, you're foolish to believe that we are headed towards this period where it's going to be like Antifa versus the Proud Boys. Now, I'm not saying anything like that's going to happen. The government is well armed, well equipped, and they are uh, they're ideologically purging every department, every branch of the military. So let me explain to you what this is. 
Massachusetts Police Union is trying to negotiate. They're trying to, they're saying we shouldn't have to get the vaccine mandate. There should be weekly testing options. What's happening now, whether intentional or not, is it's, it's not relevant, is that all of these police departments are basically drawing a line in the sand where anyone who is more independently you know, minded, more liberty minded, will leave. Why? I would. I tell people to resign. So think about what remains. You'll end up with nothing but complacent drones who say, I don't care. Just do as you're told. You'll get we'll end up being like Australia. And we're going in that direction. Now, the difference is in the United States, we are armed to the teeth. And I think many regular Americans aren't going to just lay back and accept a lot of this stuff. But maybe the reality is they will. Now, in blue states, they do. And they crave it. In red states, they don't. You see, that's the big difference between us and many other countries. The red states have their own their sovereignty. And they'll say, no, we're not doing it. We'll say, we're a sanctuary now. And we reject your, your, your orders. Already, many Republican states, I believe, are filing lawsuits against Joe Biden over his vaccine mandate, his national vaccine mandate, saying, you know, he said, if you have 100 employees or more, then you got to mandate vaccination or testing. And they're like, no, we don't. Screw off. You can't do that. The, the, the federal government does not have the control in the United States like many other governments, many other countries. But when you see the police start resigning, refusing to adhere to this stuff, then who's going to be left? when regular people resist the vaccine mandates. No, I think you'll end up seeing videos like this. Ezra Levant says, Nazis. It's a man being pinned to the ground. There's a woman eating a sandwich. The guy's like, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a block from my house having a cigarette. I was getting food. They don't care. Australia has gone full fascist. And you know, it's funny. If you're not, so I was making the comments about, you know, Claire Lehman. She used to be like intellectual dark web, and then she's become Kathy Newman. She basically just takes people's tweets and then exaggerates them. And it's, it's, it's really quite amazing to see the pathetic spinelessness, unless this was always her intent and Quillette's intent. You know, I remember I, 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 we, I was at an event, uh, uh, met her, and I was a big fan. Quillette was challenging, you know, wokeness. They were fairly moderate. They weren't staunch conservative. They were just like, hey, these ideas are, are, are nuts. Then Australia started building the quarantine camps. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. Australia has several quarantine camps, and right now they're predominantly for people who are traveling into the country who they're going to quarantine. So that's arbitrary quarantine, right? You come in the country and they say, you got to go to the camp. There's a video of a man saying they're coming out to feed us. They bring these little carts full of food. And they're like, it's like when, the, when, you, when, the, when you go to the dog kennel and they shake the food and all the dogs run out. Yeah, wow. 
apparently a woman, was try- took her mask off to sip a tea. And the police came and said, don't ever do that again. Now, there are other videos where a man is at his house and a quarantine squad comes to his house and the police come and they say, you're going to indefinite quarantine. You've tested positive. He said, OK, I guess. And then just got on indefinite quarantine. And they just, OK, wow, that's a spineless group of people, a spineless population. Maybe not everybody in Australia, but in the United States, we have a lot of people who would do the same. No joke. So I'm not trying to single out Australia. But when I call this out, what do I get? Quillette says that I'm exaggerating. The, they say that uh, Claire Lehman says that, you know, in, in Australia, our death count is so much lower than America's. And that brings me to a lot of these stories. We see where it's like in Trump counties. I mean, that's probably like that, that, that's a trending story right now on Twitter. In Trump counties, m- most of the, the uh, you know, COVID hospitalizations are occurring. Yes, because people choose freedom over security. That's the natural result. What do we see? Well, for organizations like Quillette, here's what I think. Here's what I think about Claire Lehman and Quillette, right? And I definitely want to make sure you, you know who they are and we can shout them out because we need to make, ex- we, need, we, need, we, need, we need examples of collaboration, of collaborators. And this really will help you understand how like Nazi Germany came to pass. This is supposed to be a group of people who are writing and resisting the establishment and authoritarianism. But as soon as the state comes in with the billy club, starts beating people over the head, they drop to their knees and say, just tell us what to say. And they feign opposition while actually wink, wink, supporting everything they do. And that's what you can expect to happen in the United States. As we start getting closer and closer towards, you know, this this degree to which we see Australia, when if slash when we start seeing this stuff, which we probably won't uh, for a few reasons. I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't say probably, but I think we might not. We're heading in that direction, but the different states are going to make it very difficult for that kind of phenomenon to emerge. I know Australia has those states too, but if we look at like New South Wales and I think Victoria, where it's really, really bad, then it's going to be similar here in the US. Like New York and California will be really, really bad. New York's already really bad. And um, that's where we can see these things happen. As that start stuff starts to happen, you know, we as Americans are more independently minded. But I do think in these blue areas, people will just fall in line and you'll eventually start to see those who once opposed it slowly say, yeah, but I'll tell you this. For me, it was a bit of the opposite. When we first started this, I said, hey, guys, you know, 15 days slow the spread. I get it. Wear a mask. I got no problem wearing a mask. You know, you go outside, you got a mask on, it's whatever. Like we're going to get through this. All right. And then as we come to realize that this is just endless, that 15 days to slow, 15 days slow the spread is turning to two years. And when they say it's just a mask, it's just so we get the vaccine, the vaccine comes out and they say, oh, it's just a, it's, you know, just wear a mask anyway. And if, oh, if you don't want to get the vaccine, just get tested. OK, now don't get tested. Now you get no matter what happens every single time they say, look, it's really simple. It's easier just to do X than Y. And if you do X, then you don't have to do Z. And then you do it. And then all of a sudden they're like, okay, now do Z. And you got to do Y anyway. That's what keeps happening. Every inch you give, they take a mile. So for me, I've come on and be like, you know what, man, at this point, I think it's all been a mistake. We need to, re- we need to resort to freedom and, re- and accept the risks. If I, if I choose to walk into the woods, I accept the risks of tripping, falling, or getting lost. Okay, we are, if you want to live in a city where you have someone directing your every move and telling you where to work and you live in a full-on communist utopia, by all means, that's for you. I don't care. I'm not going to go to your city. But you take a look at, you know, Australia, and they're scared. 
These people are scared. They would rather sell out defending state oppression than risk their own necks because they're losers. And you know what? The way I see it is these are the people who would chop down the tree so that no one may sit beneath its shade than to plant a tree whose shade they know they will never sit beneath. That's the old proverb, right? Proverb. A society grows great when they say old men plant trees whose shade they know they will never sit beneath. Meaning they plant a tree and then when their children grow up, there's a beautiful tree with shade to sit beneath. You know, I thought about this one day when I was in New York and I saw these bridges, you know, I was crossing the Williamsburg Bridge and I'm just like this massive construct required such immense power. The forging of the steel, the mining of the materials, the maintenance, the mass. It's remarkable how humans were able to pull that off. And we just walk across it for free. We don't think about the price. We don't think about the labor. We don't think about what it took to build such a thing. It's just there. And that's a problem. Because while a society may grow great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they will never sit beneath, within two generations, a society grows weak when these individuals take for granted the shade that was just always there and no one worked for. And a generation emerges that does not seek to plant any more trees. Why? Because I have my tree. And then they say, you know what? I had my shade. I'll chop that tree down and use the wood for bowling pins. And then the next children grow up and there is no shade to sit beneath. And they say to themselves, if only there were a tree for which I could sit beneath, this hot sun would not be burning my skin. So they plant a tree whose shade they know they will never sit beneath. You see how it goes. Hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. And it seems like that's where we're headed right now. These police officers resigning are doing the right thing by standing up for what they believe in. And I think it will ultimately lead to police forces that are corrupt as they come. And that's why I say abolish the police, because I'm not going to sit here and wait around for all of the good cops to resign. So we get nothing but bad apples and collaborators with the state. Sheesh. Imagine people like Quillette being cops. These are the people who would stand up for you and defend your rights until it became an inconvenience for them. There's a story I was told in young about Youngstown, Ohio during Occupy. They said that initially during the Occupy, the police and the firefighters were marching with the protesters. Until one day, the city decided to negotiate with the police, give them what they wanted, and the cops turned around and started arresting the protesters and corralling them and saying, we got what we wanted. You're out. That's what you get. Collaborators. Yeah, they'll say, here's what I want. Give it to me. And then, you know, I'll do whatever you say. That's people like Quillette. That's people like Claire Lehman. That's what you have to watch out for. I imagine it's only a matter of time before we get nuked off of YouTube. So we set up TimCast.com. I imagine it's only a matter of time before we get nuked off of there as well. But I, I will tell you this. I will not be defending the state. And in fact, I used to defend the cops. Now I'm like, nah, get rid of them. I will not go down the same path as, as corrupt and pathetic losers like, like the people at Quillette and Claire Lehman to defend the building of camps for any reason. I get it. They're scared. Look what the cops in Australia are doing. Yeah, great. If that happens in America, you can come kick my door in. I will not be defending your actions. You can ban me from all the platforms. You can take away everything I have. I would rather just go fishing down by the river, go sleep in my van, than ever sell out my values and support this kind of crackpot 
BS fascism. So the cops who are resigning, you have my respect. And we'll see what happens. You know, Australia is about as big as the U.S. It's a bit different. The center of the country is it's, it's, it's not the same in terms of our topography, our, our um, geography. So we have a really dense Midwest. Australia doesn't so much and they have less people, but similar amounts of land. A lot of people say that Australia gave up their guns. I don't think that's the issue at all. I do not see a circumstance in the United States where American citizens literally go head to head with cops and kind of any kind of armed conflict like that. It's possible. It'll happen in pockets, maybe, but I don't think that's the issue. The issue is your culture. And Australia is a culture of what's the right word? Like NPCs, lemmings, do as you're told. It always turns out well. But history has told us it doesn't turn out well when you just do as you're told. There needs to be an opposition to centralized authority to prevent that authority from killing people en masse. Now, maybe Australia is not going to go into that direction. Sure, I don't know for sure. But they already have camps. How long? And, and these are massive camps. How long until they say, oh, you were protesting, potentially a super spreader event. The camp is this way, sir. It'll only be for two weeks just to be safe. And then it's not two weeks. You don't get on the, the truck. You don't get on the train car to watch this man in Australia just board this, this van. I'm going to indefinite detention. Hopefully it's a mix up. Good luck. You'll need it. Here in the US, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. And we're, we're, we're working on just building out stuff in the middle of nowhere. And that's our plan. And uh, I think we have a great government. I think we have a great country. And I think there are corrupt elements that are usurping it and taking it over. I don't think we have a good political class. I don't think we have good politicians. We have a couple. But the system of government we built was brilliant. And it's, it's shielding us right now from what we're seeing around the world. Let us defend the Constitution and stand up for what we believe in. Otherwise, that'll be you on the ground. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Another day, another mainstream news outlet defending extremism. This time it's The New Yorker hosting a climate change extremist advocating for intelligent sabotage with a segment they called How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Strangely, though, it's these same mainstream news outlets that tell us the far right is the true boogeyman we must be terrified of. And that's just not true. Now, I don't even know how you would define far right because they're not unified. Like far left, we understand it's a collection of collectivist ideologies. So you typically see Antifa and Black Lives Matter marching together. On the far right, the ANCAPs and the conservatives don't get along. And the ultra right, like ultra traditionalist authoritarian types don't get along with them either. Now, to be fair, you know, more DSA types don't like tankies, the authoritarian far left, but they still will stand side by side for similar causes more so than you will see on the right. So I don't know what that means, far right. Far left is more easy to understand, is easier to understand. Now, I will say, are there crackpot extremists on the far right? Yes. Are they deadly? You betcha. Sometimes we don't know their motives. Sometimes they have ridiculous motives, but sometimes they are associated with like traditional ideologies and things like that. It's hard to know what makes it right or left, because according to the ADL, left wing could be like black identity extremism, which I don't understand how that's left and right is white. So anyway, I digress. We get it. Terror is bad. I don't care if it's a lone wolf white supremacist or far leftists burning down cities. The reality is you are far more likely to be the victim of far left terror than you are far right terror. 
I know. And the left is already screaming, saying I'm, I'm wrong. No. See, the problem is they don't define far left terror in the media as far left terror because they're actively defending it like we see here. So when Antifa comes out bashing a guy over the head with a bike lock or, you know, burning down buildings, the media just ignores it, defends it and says they're peaceful protests. Right. But if you do recognize that using violence against civilian population for a political end is terror, then you're much more likely to encounter far left terror than right wing terror. And far left terror is sustained and what I refer to as blunt, meaning they don't kill very many people. They have, but not very many. They more so just terrorize neighborhoods and cause property destruction and threaten people into doing what they want. Now, many people come to me and they say, Tim, how can I tell my friends and family about this stuff and help them understand what's happening? And I usually say, you know, share this video, share articles from TimCast.com, show them news and just be nice. Just say, look, I can show you the article. You can dig into the sources if you want. It's, it's, it's on you, right? If you, if you want to understand the truth, don't call them dumb. Don't insult them. Don't play those games. You just got to be like, look, I can say you're wrong. We disagree. Just at least read these articles and check the source material. Here's the challenge. What do you do when the mainstream media actively supports terrorism? And then you go to your friends and say, I want to help them understand. But they read this and they say, I agree. What happens when the left overtly supports terror? Then the reality is, my friends, they're lying to you. And it's about time you woke up to what they're doing. When they come out and they say the right is violent, say, no, 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 I mean, yeah, but some people, but look at this from Antifa. And they go, oh, you're making that up. They're peaceful. They know it's not peaceful. They're lying to you and you're playing their game. Let me show you what's going on. We'll talk about some, some of this, how the far left plays this game. First from Fox News, they say the New Yorker hosted environmental activist and professor Andreas Malm on their podcast where he promoted intelligent sabotage. And property damage is a way to stop climate change. Won't work, won't do anything. It's stupid, destructive, and it's going to get people hurt. Andreas Malm insists the environmental movement rethink its roots in nonviolence and instead embrace intelligent sabotage. The description of, uh, of the interview states, now I will say this, as we saw with Black Lives Matter, violence harms your cause. And I've explained this to the, these activists over and over again, but no one seems to ever care to listen. And it's true. We saw what the decline in support for Black Lives Matter due to the riots, and we'll see it with the right should they engage in similar tactics. And you do see it, especially when the media is lying and framing everything against you, no matter what you do. They say in the podcast, Malm, who is a professor from Lund University, emphasized a call for escalation, a call for the movement to diversify its tactics and move away from an exclusive focus on polite, gentle, and perfectly peaceful civil disobedience. Now, some people have said, Tim, you come out and say the left engages in violence and it works for them, but the right shouldn't. No, 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 hold on. The, the violence doesn't work for the left in the way you think. The riots hurt the left when it is a sustained and slow effort protected by the media. It works. So when Antifa shows up to a small business and threatens them, they cave. When they burn down a city and kill dozens of people in riots, you can't hide that. The media can't shield you. What was it? We, we, we heard over and over again, Pe uh, fiery but peaceful protests. A guy from MSNBC standing in front of a burning police department saying, it, 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 but it's peaceful. Yo, they were looting and pillaging a police department. Quite literally the opposite of peaceful. But the media tries to play cover, making it very, very difficult to reach people. He says, I am re recommending that the movement continues with mass action and civil disobedience, but also opens up for property destruction, aka violence. 
While Malm, who is a human ecology professor at Lund University, does not dismiss peaceful demonstrators and does not condone hurting people, he did emphasize that destroying private property would not be morally illegitimate. If people in that region were to attack the construction equipment or blow up the pipeline before it's completed, I would be all in favor of that. I don't see how that property damage should, could be considered morally illegitimate, given what we know about the consequence of such projects. The guest literally calls for blowing up pipelines, not a metaphor. New Yorker literally platforming a terrorist. Pluribus editor Gerald Byer said, Mom has advocated for property destruction in, in the past. In his book, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, he supported and reasoned the need for violence to promote climate change causes. One example from his book, he advocated for damaging and destroying carbon dioxide emitting devices. Quote, damage and destroy new CO2 emitting devices, put them out of commission, pick them up, demolish them, burn them, blow them up. Let the capitalists who keep on invest, investing in the fire know that their prop properties will be trashed, Mom wrote. I would like to take you back in time to Patreon. When Patreon suspended Lauren Southern, they did so because she was on a boat in the Mediterranean and she was trying to like, they were like, uh, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't remember exactly what they were doing. So I want to be careful because I don't want to falsely accuse anybody. But they accused her of obstructing a refugee rescue mission. Well, that's a political assumption about what these boats were doing. More complicated than that. The left will claim that it was a refugee rescue mission. But if you actually look at it, a lot of these vessels were actually trafficking people. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Patreon overnight deleted Lauren Southern's income saying, without warning, you're banned. Well, this led to a major uproar. Why? Because there was one leftist publication, I'm not going to say their names, website, that had run a website talking about how to sabotage freight trains, which quite literally would kill people. They talked about doing, I'm not going to say the actions, but doing specific actions, which would cause trains to derail very easily, mind you. And they had a Patreon account. Well, many people pointed this out, so Patreon ended up removing them as well. And this led to a major backlash where the left said it was in bad faith, and these people, you know, you're, 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 you're tricked, and it's cancel culture, blah, blah, blah. In the end, Patreon allows many rule breakers on the left, but Carl Benjamin had a, 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 got deleted, I think this was back in 2019, or actually maybe even before then, he had his account deleted because of a year-old live stream on some obscure channel that he did where he made a, uh, a point about racial slurs. They deleted him for that. This is the game that's being played. I go on, I go on Joe Rogan's show with, with Jack Dorsey and Vijay Agade, and they say, oh, we, we, we enforce the rules evenly. And I say, no, you don't. Here's, here's an Antifa account on Twitter months ago advocating for violence and directing people to commit it, and you did nothing. You actually banned the people responding to it, which means you knew the tweet existed and you did nothing about it. And every single day, the far left goes on Twitter, advocates for and directs extreme violence and terrorism. We know the game. So maybe there's someone in your life who hasn't heard this and they're not supportive of it. Show them this. I'll go through some of this stuff with you. They say, critics called out New Yorker for normalizing or endorsing political violence for climate change. Quote, I think it's weird that guys who don't own any guns and certainly don't know how to use them seek to normalize political violence. I wonder if they'll act surprised, said Kurt Schlichter, town hall senior editor. Spectator contributor Stephen Miller wrote, for those keeping track at home, both the New Yorker and the New York Times are debating and soft endorsing terror acts against national pipelines in the name of climate. So we have uh, Tim Graham showing both uh, uh, articles as well. Benjamin Weingarten saying insurrectionist. 
In July, a New York Times columnist wrote about Malm's book and ex- excused eco-terrorism against oil companies, saying, quote, still, violence is often deployed, even if counterproductively on behalf of causes far less consequential than the climate crisis. So skepticism and the practical benefits of violence does not fully explain its absence in a movement this vast and with consequences this grave, Times columnist Ezra Klein wrote. Well, here you are, my friends, from The New Yorker. Should the climate movement embrace sabotage? Well, I believe it's called Benford's Laws of Headlines. I could be wrong about the name, but it's basically whenever a headline is a question, the answer is no. Should the climate change movement embrace sabotage? No, they shouldn't. And here you can see how to blow up a pipeline with the New Yorker. Andreas Malm insists the environmental movement rethink its roots in nonviolence and instead embrace intelligent sabotage. Well, I was told this is called stochastic terrorism. When you say, oh, won't someone rid me of this priest? I didn't tell anyone to do it. And then someone went out and rid me of this priest. You see how it goes? The New Yorker says, maybe people should do X. And then will they be surprised when X is done? No. Think about the manifestation of this. Do you think telling people that to to engage in acts of violence would result in them simply stopping at blowing up pipelines? You know about hate crime hoaxes, right? There's many of them. I think that there's like a thousand over the past few years reported hate crimes that have proven to have been hoaxes made up by people. Now, why would they do that? Because they are so indoctrinated in the cult that they're sitting there going, I need people to know what I know. I know just lie and they'll believe it. That's the game they play. And it's wrong. But they do it. Take a look at this story. Forestry student turned shaman, 30, faces nine years in jail for starting California's fawn fire that has burned 8,500 acres and destroyed 41 homes. DA suspect suspects she could be serial arsonist, a forestry student, shaman. Well, on the surface, it sounds like this yoga teacher was burning down forests. Now, I don't know for sure that this woman is actually just trying to create fires to hoax people. I can tell you. After these fires, what did we hear from the left? They said, oh, it's climate change. Climate change is causing the fires. Turns out it was a yoga instructor and shaman. They say a former forestry student turned shaman and yoga teacher has been charged with starting a huge California wildfire that destroyed 41 homes after claiming the blaze was triggered accidentally when she tried, tried, tried to boil bear urine so she could drink it. Okay. Alexandra Suverneva of Palo Alto was charged Friday with felony arson to wildland with an enhancement because of a declared state of emergency in California. Shasta County DA Stephanie Bridget said, Suverneva pleaded not guilty, but could face up to nine years in state prison if convicted. Now, I want to stress, as I always do, innocent until proven guilty. I'm not trying to say she started the fire and she did it as a hoax. Her, her story may be correct. The point is, many people use this story as propaganda to claim that it's climate change. Then you see stories about sabotage. Do you think these people would be beyond burning down a forest to convince people? I don't. I don't think so. I don't know that this woman did that, but let's read. During questioning by investigators, Suver. Suverneva, who previously worked as a scientist, but who met whose most recent job was as an was as an SAT tutor, 
claimed that she had been thirsty with, while out hiking and found a puddle in a dry creek bed which contained bear urine. She then claims she attempted to fill the water using a tea bag, but when that failed, tried to start a fire to boil the water. Sue Verneva said that it was too wet to start a fire, so she drank the water and continued walking. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S.? With more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S., they have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. So she drank the bear urine or <laughs> the fawn fire is charred more than 13 square miles. Suverneva is known to be a graduate of the California Institute of Technology and, and former Bay Area biotech employee. She has also worked as a yoga teacher. 30 year old has a past criminal record that includes several ones with the law, including most recently earlier this month when she was picked up on suspicion of trespassing. It is difficult to grasp when a disaster like this is apparently not a natural disaster. But we have a suspect. They show a photo of her. They have her there in a mask and cuffs. Deliberate ignition, if proven, makes it harder for us to all grasp as a community and to deal with what we're facing. Workers at a nearby quarry reported seeing Suverneva acting strangely and trespassing in the area in Shasta County, where the fawn fire was sparked on Wednesday afternoon, the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection said in a statement. Later on Wednesday, Suverneva walked out of the brush near the fire line and approached firefighters and told them she was dehydrated and needed medical help. She was seen to be carrying a cigarette lighter in her pocket at the time of her arrest. Suvaneva was taken out of the area for evaluation and treatment. During an interview with Cal Fire and law enforcement, officers came to believe Suvaneva of Palo Alto was responsible for setting the fire, officials said. Now, is it possible? It's possible it's a hoax, but I want to absolutely stress that I do believe in innocent until proven guilty, and that despite this story, I'm not going to jump to the conclusion that she did it on purpose. Uh, maybe she really was just a crazy person trying to drink bear urine. Or maybe she's an excellent world-class survivalist who knew to boil bear urine and knew how to do it, but accidentally sparked a fire. Tough to say, isn't it? Proving intent and, pro and, and proving that she lit it on, like proving she lit it on purpose, that's going to be really, really difficult. Especially when she's saying, like, I was just trying to start a small fire to boil urine and she didn't intend for there to be a fire, it could be accidental. So maybe she'll get some kind of negligence charge. Regardless, we see in the media, particularly with the Democrats, they use stories like this to claim Actually, climate change is calling all this. I mean, we've heard AOC say it a million times. But let's not just play games around, you know, potential hoax or whatever. Let's talk about how the mainstream media actually plays this. Andy No, breaking. Screenshots of the Antifa that engaged in a shooting in Olympia, Washington on September 4th. They are clearly seen carrying weapons like bats and pepper spray. Miguel Louis Laughlin is in the group. OLYPD is still asking the public for tips. He says Miguel Louis Laughlin, as self-described correspondent with the Antifa News Network, was previously arrested in an Antifa riot in Olympia, Washington. Police photographed his fake press badge as evidence on the 4th of September, 
He was part of the group who engaged in the shooting. Uh, I do not believe there is such a thing as a fake press pass. If he's calling himself Antifa News Network, we can argue it's an activist organization, but a press pass is a press pass. Now, I suppose you could argue the government mandates, or, or I should say, issues press passes. I don't agree with this either. So in this instance, I will somewhat defend the Antifa guy. That being said, the media overtly protects them. We see them engage in these acts of violence. Where is the national news story about Antifa firing a gun wildly into the air and striking a man? Apparently not good enough. And people believe it. The media defends it. And because of that, it will get worse. We'll see more of it. Now, I don't know if they're going to catch this guy or or what's going to happen. I think they did catch him and arrest him. But I can expect the media to continue playing the game. And it's because it's, it's their allies. The people of shared political ideology are in these media organizations. Andy No says the Twitter support verified account that called the Antifa shooter who killed someone, a fellow Antifa militant and martyr, is a man who was evading a permanent suspension. I'm not going to get into the names of these individuals, but he goes on to mention that the Antifa accounts that get banned just open new ones. Interestingly, when people on the right do that, they get banned instantly. Interestingly, there are many people who broke no rules on the right who have been banned and had their accounts suspended for no reason. You can see how the system is, is being played out. How do they maintain something like this? Well, actually, and sadly, it's quite simple. From post-millennial, Axios deletes tweets spreading misinformation that Border Patrol agents were whipping at Asian migrants, saying, we deleted a previous tweet that referred to Border Patrol agents as whipping at Asian, Asian migrants. The story has been updated to include comments from some journalists uh, on the border who did not see whipping occur. When the whipping happened, you may have seen it. We had all of these people on the left, Democrat activists, media personalities saying they were whipping. How many regular people saw that, believed it, and will not see the correction? The lie travels halfway around the world before the truth can strap on his boots. That's what you get. So then when Antifa is doing what they do, the media does not reveal it even when caught lying. In this instance, I'm surprised they finally came out and admitted it. With Antifa, the media just ignores it. Why? Well, I think most of these journalists are fans of Antifa. And I think many of the other ones are just cowards. and They're terrified. You know, there are very few journalists who are willing to stand up to these people. Recently, there was a journalist, and I covered this story last week, named uh, Marini, who was trying to cover an Antifa protest, and Antifa threatened her, called her a slur, and then, you know, told her to get lost. She refused. She said, I'm going to cover the event. The guys who were with her refused to keep doing their job. These other journalists were like, what are you doing? I'm leaving. Wow. The state of men today, huh? Antifa then physically attacked her, pepper spraying her and shoving her to the ground. She may have been sprayed with paint or something. I think it was pepper spray. So here we are. You have a handful of journalists. I don't care if they're a man or a woman. And one of them says, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in and I'm going to do journalism. And the rest just say, hey, man, look, I'm not going to cross Antifa. And that's what you can expect. And that's what we get. And that's why you will end up with regular people, you know, believing crackpot BS. Why you could say, hey, you know, Russiagate was fake in the book. I don't know. I, I heard of this. I saw on MSNBC, but they said, but they said, did you actually fact check? So there, there are people who are discerning and undiscerning. That's the way that's the way I usually describe it. The discerning individual can see the news and say, I got some questions about that. And then look into it. And your normie, undiscerning, regular person just says, wow, there you go. I do think the right has their fair share of people going, wow. What I mean by that? The mainstream media lies. 
So they'll say, you're a liar. And then they'll turn to some fringe right wing website and just believe it. No, just because some crackpot is a liar doesn't mean some other crackpot is telling the truth. So if you're discerning, you're looking at all the information and saying, I need evidence. You know, I can take it with a grain of salt, but I need evidence. For the time being, what do we get? Mainstream media is going to continue platforming terrorists. Imagine if they put up someone who is uh, far right and said, you know, he, they, he wants to state his case as to why some people should engage in sabotage. They would never do it. Sabotage. Imagine if you had half that degree of, of severity or a quarter of it or a tenth of it. Imagine if it was something as simple as uh, a Republican believes that we should have harder voting laws to increase responsibility of the vote. They would never run that. But they will run like blowing up pipelines. That is insane. So when I say civil war and these people say, Tim, it'll never happen. I say they're literally advocating violent terrorism over at the New Yorker. Pay attention. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.